Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Alright, picking up the Batphone this week is my good friend, the most gorgeous man in mixed martial arts in Australia, you know, possibly internationally as well, PJ. PJ Van Guyen. Am I saying your name correctly? Is it yeah, Van you Guyen? do well. Van right. Guyen. Perfect. Thank you for having me. No, no worries. I'm glad to have you here. How are you feeling today? Yeah, really good, man. I'm feeling good. Pocoho. Pocoho. Well done. What you is do the well. J? J's John. Pocoho John. So yeah. it's not Ponky John. It's not Ponky John. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a terrible... <laughs> Who would have come up with that? That's a... Yeah. That's a Tim thing. Oh, Probably. Man. I feel like it was me, but that's okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Like, uh, we, we always joke around, man, but... um. You're one and as a an MMA athlete currently, as an amateur yep. MMA athlete. Yep. And I like was... to go with undefeated. Just oh, okay, uh, undefeated. undefeated. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. You know, like if that's how you want to play things. Yeah. No, but it's it's not an untrue statement. And there was a lot of hard work that went in behind the scenes in terms of that. But I, th- I feel like that's pretty much a common theme of your existence, like behind the scenes hard work. Like you really are a, a grinder in that regard. You know, you're working at least two jobs at any given time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Full strength and conditioning program, full MMA training program. Yeah. And at the same time, you have to legitimately try and stay as good looking as possible <laughs> for a modeling career in which you've won awards for. Yeah. Legitimate yeah. awards for. Yeah. Um, so you're basically living an impossible lifestyle, but uh, you, you seem to you seem to do that with a, a glistening smile. So when I'm very, say, very proud of that effort. It sounds very um, glorified when you say it like that, but yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm saying the opposite, man. I'm, t- I'm taking the glorified out of it. Like, that is not an easy existence that you're talking, we're talking about right now. That no. is a hard, hard existence. It's tough. I, I just like to stay busy. Um, I'd like to always be doing something or focus on something. I don't do things in halves, so it's mm. like if I do something... I tend to delve right in and I might start off with the intention to just do it like as a bit of fun. But then mm. it's, if I enjoy it, I'm like, shit, how far can we go with this? And yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's go. And if things work, like why not keep going until the wheels fall off? Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. What made you want to get into martial arts? Um, so I, I was training in the gym since I was like 14 doing mm. weights and stuff. And I always played sport growing up. Um, but then as I got to like late school, sort of 18, I just focused on the gym and I stopped playing sport and I did that for about a year and I really missed that team mentality and I really missed that like sport, uh, the gym just got like really repetitive, I'm going and lifting weights, it wasn't really like pushing myself, like you can push yourself with the gym obviously but it's just that different mindset, you know, that competitiveness and Mm -hmm. all of that. So I um, I just wanted to do, I started a rooter actually, yeah, I'm just doing kickboxing twice a week and that was very like on and off Mm. um just for fitness and just for fun and i really enjoyed that and then um a a friend of mine actually was doing some mma training with kim robinson down in mclarenvale and he was like i'll give it a go so i was like yeah why not so i i started doing some sessions like once a week with kim um and i just loved it it was really good fun and kind of just kim's a legend yeah really good dude really good dude and great work ethic like he he goes hard um and then just circumstance, like I moved house to this side of town and I was, I asked the guys at Aruda, like, do you know any clubs? Like, it's a bit far for me to travel every night to come here. And Trinity was the sister club. Mm-hmm. So I came there and, you know, it was just, I was very on and off for a long time. Yeah. I'd have a good week where I'd train a few times and then I might not come for a few weeks and then I'd come back and it was sort of like on and off for probably a year or maybe longer. And then 
I kind of just got the idea. I seen the guys in the fight team just training and like doing their rounds and stuff. And I was like, man, I kind of set myself goals. And so I want to just be a part of that. I want to get there. I still didn't know if I wanted to fight, but it was just get to that level. And then the more you get into it, the more you want it. And it's yeah. just, just, yeah, it just kind of evolved like that. I certainly remember the time period where, you know, the change started to begin. I knew that you had done some sessions with Kim yeah. prior. So I expected sort of like a level of understanding in most areas. And you certainly had that, but your level of commitment was compromised via all of the other things yeah, that you yeah. had to do at that point in time, which I completely understand. But as you say... It sort of creeps into you. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. And if you're competitive, like I'm super competitive mm. and it's just like, all right, like, where can I go with this? Like yeah. how, how, what can I do? Or whether, you know, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to be the next Conor McGregor mm. or fight in the UFC, but it's like in local terms, like how far can I push myself mm. and just, it's more for me, how yeah. far I want to get and what I can do, what I can achieve. Um, yeah. Well, you did something very important around that time period that I talk about a little bit which is you you verbalized that intent as well. Like yeah. you were vocal about, okay, I want this. You came to the coaches and said, I want this. Like we expect everyone to go through like a, a humility cycle. You come in, a lot of people come in like all guns blazing. Yeah. And then they get humbled. Yeah, hardcore. And then they start to, you know, put things together class by class. They understand where they are sort of in the pecking order, just vicariously through, you know, action and through event. Yeah, like yeah. when you're rolling with someone, you know where you're at and you know yeah. when you're getting better, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's the same with sparring. It's the same with MMA. And we learn such a broad skill set. Yeah. Such a broad skill set that it takes a lot of time for the second coming of confidence, yeah. right? And then when you begin to feel that and you're like, actually, no, I am on the level with these guys now, I've gained confidence through action. I'm doing this. Maybe I can go further. In fact, I want to go further. And then you've come out and you've said to the coaches, I do want to go further. And that's when we had the chance to look back at you and say, okay, well, let's streamline your week of yeah. training or streamline your fortnight of training to get you towards your goals a little quicker because yeah. we now know that this is what you want to do because there's always guys that are training on the peripheral. Yeah. And we're always looking for people to bring up into the advanced MMA training yeah, group yeah. like Chris Fadinas and and Cam, uh, Cameron Muhammad and um, Harry McKenna as well. I think is kind of right there. Yeah, sure. But he, he just, he's at that point where you were at where he just needs to go, this is I what want I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's the whole mindset swift shift once you like make that that commitment internally. Like, mm. right, I want to do this, and then it's kind of like, well, shit. If I'm if I want to do this, I don't want to get embarrassed and my mm. ass beaten. So I have to commit. I have to dedicate myself to it. Yeah. Um, for X amount of hours per week and put it in. And that's a lot of trust that you have to put into your peers and the people around you that they have your best intentions in yeah. mind with yeah. all of this. You know yeah. that they don't just see you as some sort of prospect that's going to make them look good. Like yeah. if people are pushing you forward, that's great. But if people are holding you back just a little bit right at the cusp, that's better. Yeah. Right? Well, you, see, you see the way, like I saw a lot of the way that you and Ant dealt with the guys like Tim and Brando and stuff going into their first fight. Like I remember Tim's first pro fight and all of that. And I was really like, Tim's been a great fighter for a long time, but his evolution was probably into pros or probably a bit more, rushed than what I've seen other people and that was yeah crazy just seeing how you guys um handle all of that and just the confidence you put into people but you really let people feel confident before stepping in the cage it's not just like right you think you're ready here, here yeah you go. well Tim and Jake will tell you themselves yeah 
we held them back a little bit more because we wanted them to have more amateur fights. Yeah. We didn't want them to just win or compete at a professional level. We wanted them to go on a winning streak yeah. at a professional level. Uh, and that's, you know, a precarious situation when we're talking about fighting like two elite professional level yeah. fighters and there can only be one winner. So you need to be sure. But the other thing you need is you need to understand how you're going to win. All right, we want to win these fights. And as I said, we learn such a broad skill set. What is the way that you individually are actually going to win? Not mm. just do well, not just score, not just win a round. How are you going to finish these fights? Yeah. What kind of fighter do you want to be? Yeah. And what does the perfect fight look like for you? You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, I think the twins are criminal for this. Yeah. They have so many amazing skills. They can finish the fight so many different ways. Yeah. Sometimes they get lost in the shuffle when picking a, a pathway yeah. about how to do that. Recently, though, that hasn't really been an issue because they've just been hammering through, like, uh, Mason's in fight camp, you're in fight yeah, camp. Yeah. So they really understand what they're trying to do to finish these rounds, and yeah. they're able to develop a finishing tool. A finishing you see style. them when they start to, they've started to develop that, like, killer instinct. Yeah. They used to be real friendly. Now, <laughs> like, now they're getting that little bit more, like, um, you know, dick about them or whatever. They're starting to come that little bit harder or like they're need, putting a bit more it, pepper man. behind like, their shots and that, yeah. This isn't an art where you're going to get away with not being that way to yeah. a certain extent. Like even Alan Hartley has to know how to wear a shot. Like he'll smile his way through it, <laughs> yeah. but he's wearing it. He's still walking you down. He yeah. still has to score back. He has, still has to throw with intent. Like he's not throwing punches to score. He's yeah. throwing punches to finish you. That's just how it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but I mean, you are individual process towards the cage was very much like that we we went through our regular internal processes and we made sure that you were as ready as you were possibly going to be yeah. and you fought on uh mma rising stars yes yes and you did not get an easy fight my friend that was an absolute yeah, war was an absolute war mm. and i'm sure that you know I, you know, I hate to bring it up, but like you are a model and I'm sure that that carries something with it sometimes. I mean, I have messed with you all the time about how good looking you are. And every time you take your shirt off, Brando you know, <laughs> has questions his own sexuality a little bit every single time. There's always comments flying around, yeah. But that brings with us with it a certain connotation that you might not be so serious yeah. about the fight game. Yeah, yeah. But you were. And... It's almost like that was the, the coming out party for you. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. To, to really show, no, I am a real fighter. I am a real athlete. I am willing to go three rounds back and forth, get hit, give shots, and prove your all-round skills. And you really did that. It was a close fight, but you had to draw on all of your skills, a lot of determination yeah. and a lot of heart to get yourself through that physically and emotionally. Like Those things are very, very difficult to brief someone upon prior yeah. to the event like i told you you know what i mean like yeah, i told you, you 100%. it's going to be like this you're going to be more tired you're going to question yourself you're going to feel like you've never felt before we can't brief you on that you're going to have to experience Just it, go through it and yeah. you're going to have to go through it but going through it means that you come out on the other side yeah and you did that and oh, you persevered it was, and it was the best what was it like from your perspective um it was because trinity was closed at that point as well mm. so the fight camp so i didn't my fight camp was very kind of, I was here, there, and everywhere. It wasn't very structured. I didn't have the same people around me the whole time. So I was floating in and out of different people 
um, and different gyms just that I could get to. You know, I had great support in you and Bino and Tim, Ryan, a couple of the guys would come down during the week or on weekends to still train with me and go through things. Um, then I was going to Rikers here and there. I went back to Aruda for a bit of sparring. I was just going up to Kim's all the way at McLaren Vale. So I was going everywhere. But I didn't get that kind of, um, like, it was really surreal. I didn't yeah. feel like I was fighting. It was just kind of like back yeah. to how I originally was training. Like, I'm just training in all these spots. And it wasn't all... It wasn't structured. Yeah, it wasn't structured. Um, but, like, I'd, I was committed mentally and I knew what was happening. And I was, like, so keen for it. Um, but, yeah, just going into it, it's like, you don't, like you say, you don't know what to expect mm. or how you're going to respond. And I, everyone's like, you, you might not sleep the night before. You're going to be nervous, mm. blah, blah. I felt fine, man. I slept. <laughs> I watched Creed 2, like one of my favorite <laughs> movies, man. I got pumped up. I slept like an absolute baby. Woke up. I felt good in the morning and then hit lunchtime at 12 o'clock. Mm. And then bang, like, this is happening. Like, I've got yeah. friends, family coming. This is happening. Like I'm, I'm can't shy away from this yeah. now. And then I just got super nervous. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted to go for a walk and do some shadow boxing <laughs> to expel some energy, but I didn't want to use too much energy. <laughs> and I was like in this little kind of battle with myself, like, what do I do? Like shit, walking around the house in circles, trying to like rehydrate, but not drink too much and eat a little bit, but not too heavy. Um, and then you go to the show, and as soon as I got there, it was like calm, nerves mm. had calmed, and I was like, I'm here. This is like I wanted this whatever happens, I'm here, I've done this, mm. like, I've got the guys behind me in my corner, my friends are here, like, and I just wanted to do it, man, it was, yeah. it was such an achievement, um, I guess so, mentally, like you said, coming out in terms of the whole modelling and stuff, so many people, like, why would you do that, why do you want to do mm. this, like, you're doing this, doesn't make sense, blah, 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 and all of that, and I've also dealt with a lot of things, like, people telling me always, that I get things easily, I guess, like, yeah. oh, you just, genetics are the way you look, the way you look, or whatever, and of course they play a part but I, I do work hard and I yeah. put in and I was kind of like this is my time to show that I'm putting in like mm -hmm. I'm I'm not getting any of this for free like this yep. is me working hard and also proving that to myself because yeah. people tell you enough you kind of start to go shit is that like maybe I am getting things easy maybe yeah. I do have it and it's like I just needed to see that I had the heart that I yep. thought I had and it was yeah more so proven to myself yeah i get that man yeah. and I, f I felt that from you as well i felt like there was something to prove internally and and that's probably what brought you to martial arts in the first place yeah. so i mean you could have picked a lot of sports to go to but you picked martial arts yeah. right an individual hardline pursuit that is a very internal art yeah like you can't whether hide. You, yeah whether that's you picked it or not you, can't you, know, hide. you were drawn to it and then you had to persevere in that yeah. realm Right? And you did, you did do that very well. And I was very proud of you for that event because going through that, not everyone has their first fight that ends up like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Against a very skilled opponent where it's razor thin and just coming out on top, having to draw on all of your skills, yeah. all of your determination, really having a hard night in the office, but persevering. Not everyone gets that experience, but it's a very valuable experience and yeah. it will serve you very well moving forward for your confidence. But you're, you're absolutely correct, man. And this is the way that I wanted to make sure I started things off with the podcast today is to portray the PJ that I know, which is the hyper hard worker. And you don't, you don't choose any pursuits that are easy as well. Yeah. Like people want to, people want to talk shit on modeling, man. Yeah. People, people want to talk shit. I mean, imagine, I can't even <laughs> imagine being involved in an industry that is based solely on high level critique and scrutiny of your physical appearance yeah. solely. Yeah. 
the pressure that would amount for I would, I would deteriorate almost immediately. Yeah, you I kind would of do, just got to ignore it. But how? How are you going to ignore it, man? I would have one photo shoot where I'd look immaculate and I'd go and eat cake for like six months <laughs> because of the emotional baggage that I had uh, from people picking apart my love handles. You know what I mean? But people think that it's this idea of an industry. But the reality of the industry is very, very different. Like the grind and the hustle and the constant pursuit for work and jobs and yeah. just navigating that whole minefield and, and then having to, the pressure to actually stay in shape, physically fit, but available to do events at yeah. the drop of a hat, trying to take opportunities that oh, I'm not too sure about this, not too sure about that. But you've really persevered there as well. I mean, I see your face everywhere, man. You're on advertisements on TV. You're. Yeah. If, do you have a contract with Peter Shearer or just they no, just they really just, like you? Yeah, yeah. They they just used me just recurring a couple yeah. times. They just kept getting me back. I guess they liked the work. They liked yeah. how things turned out. I feel so, like yeah. that's the major one that I've seen you do. But you've also, you were involved in the Mortal Kombat movie as well. Yeah, I was doing stunts on that. So I do a bit of acting and stunt work as well, just in the entertainment industry on films. Um, so I was involved doing stunts for a couple of weeks, which is like the best fun ever because you're just <laughs> running around like a kid, getting thrown around, fighting and doing all this cool stuff. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was meant to, I was, they were looking to double me, use me as a double for one of the leads for the character Jax, but unfortunately he came over from the US and he was just like way bigger than they thought, he was a monster, and they're like, unless you can put on like 20 kilos in yeah. three weeks. Um, you probably could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> no, I could have seen you as a good Jax. I would have been a good Baraka. Yeah, you know I, reckon, that I reckon. <laughs> just a they should have just... They wouldn't even have had to use any makeup for my face. Like, I would have been exactly the same. Just, you know, big traps and an ugly-ass face with massive forearms with blades coming out of them. Easy. That's an easy sell. But yeah, you, know, you would have been good at the um, all the choreography, all the fight stuff. It was such <laughs> such intricate fighting. But they nowadays, because, like, MMA and fighting has become so mainstream mm. and so popular, there's so much scrutiny yeah. in, in films that they want to make it look legit. Like, if someone choke someone out and it's not a proper rear naked choke they'll be getting comments and people yeah that's not real that looks terrible i'd be making comments yeah exactly (laughs) so they want it to be like legit but i mean at the same time like there's always a level of suspension of disbelief that you subscribe to when you watch a movie like john wick oh yeah (laughs) john wick is dope because it's not real like it's super real looking yeah but it's not real no and you know that, but it's cool. Like, yeah. that's why you're watching a movie. It like, has if to I want to watch. so far one yeah. way or the other. It has to be, like, completely realistic or just so ridiculous that the realism just goes out your brain and you just accept it. For yeah, being exactly. Awesome. Dude, just give me Vin Diesel driving his car through one hotel <laughs> yeah. wall into yeah. a, across a building, across a massive plane, into another hotel. Yeah, Dwayne like, give Johnson me that. can, like, push a missile across ice <laughs> if he wants I don't or hold on to a helicopter like I don't care I believe it whatever. that's what people want with movies but yeah I mean I didn't even realize you were involved in really as much of the acting so let's add to that that's another job because you have a day job as well yeah yeah so I you're mean you're still working for daily money yeah I work as a concreter through the day this is just um, insane man it's just do people know like what you go through on a daily basis like do people understand no, the level of work ethic not. that you have probably not but it's it's not for anyone else really it's like yeah no it's all I, I get that I get that but when you rock up to the gym every day mm-hmm. 
and you put in the type of effort that you do in every class. I know that people aren't seeing that as well. And, and as a coach, like part of my job is to try and assess and evaluate how much energy people have to put yeah. into things. And I understand, I have, I have to take into account that you're, you have a day job, you're working as, you know, you're working on upscaling your modeling career, you're yeah. working as an actor, how much energy that's going to take from you and how much energy you bring into the gym. And any rational person would surmise that the energy that you bring into the gym will be really low, but you give 100% of what you have every single time you come to the academy. Yeah. Like I see you in the last rounds of wrestling, you know, where we're pushing each other. I see you sparring until you can't spar anymore yeah every class that you come to you give 100 percent of your mentality and you still have a perfectionist mentality yeah so you still want to do really really well yeah yeah always and within that comes the work ethic right yeah so you're working hard to reach that next level and it's it's very impressive and if i can do anything with this platform that we have with like a couple of listeners <laughs> you know what i mean it's growing I, don't worry i'd love I'd love for them to understand the PJ that I see. Yeah. You know? Not yeah. just the PJ no, that is on that. Instagram. You know what I, I appreciate mean? that, man. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Um, I guess it comes down, it comes back to like what I was saying before about people scrutinizing or comments that people have made about things coming easy. And mm. I mean, anytime you train, anytime you do anything, you leave and you know internally how much you gave. You, people might think, oh, he pushed hard. But if you know you could have gone harder, you know that. And whatever um so it's kind of like i like to leave knowing that i did as much as i could mm. otherwise maybe i'm getting it too easy maybe it is luck that i did well or whatever yeah. so i just want to come in and just like put in what i got and then leave knowing that man i earned everything i got yeah and yeah it comes down to internally i guess yeah well i mean well, it it's brought about a level of consistency <clears throat> within you that is super unparalleled like i always say consistency creates kings like a yeah. consistency will beget your progression. Adaption yeah. is progression, but consistency creates kings. Yeah. And when you're there every single day, not just over like three years, over like 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, we'll see you in 20 years. Yeah. And let's see who you are and what you're like. People see me and the way that I move and stuff on the mat. And I, look, I don't, I don't talk a lot about my own skill set. I'm not. I'll talk about I, your no, no, no. Skillset. I'm just, I'm just not that type of person. But sometimes my body type doesn't equate to my mobility, and people yeah. see it and they go, "Wow, that's different." Like, not even good. You know what I mean? Just yeah. uncanny, almost. Like yeah. it doesn't equate to them that a person could move like that in those situations yeah. and it's just because of time it's just because of consistency i've had that moment many times <laughs> watching you like man even just watching you warm up yesterday it's like i'm so glad i'm not rolling with nick today <laughs> in the competition class <laughs> yeah but did you see me at the end of competition class yeah you were well? dead like dead. i'm done man. Yeah. i'm done i'm i'm in the trenches with everyone else i'm yeah. not I'm going to lead by example. There's a, a reason why I'll, I'll wrestle every wrestling round and I'll roll every rolling round. Like It's not like I'm asking anyone to do anything that I wouldn't yeah. put myself through. I respect I'm that. older now, though, so I pick my times. Yeah, sure. I, I pick my times for, like, you know, Tuesday is a high intensity. Friday is a high intensity. Thursday, I'm cruisy. Wednesday, I'm yoga. Sunday and Monday is, you know, strength, stability. Yeah. Um, you know, That's Saturday like, is a complete day off. Yeah. So it's like... I'm not going to kill myself. Yes, I'm working eight till four every day. Yes, I'm coaching, you know, multiple classes every mm -hmm. day, but I pick my spots for intensity and I have the luxury of doing that because I'm not an athlete. Yeah. I, it's not about me. It's yeah. about you guys. But 
the reason why I pick those spots to bring about my own high intensity is because I have an opportunity there to give the best part of my skill set in the specific place where it needs to happen in a wrestling class, in a comp grappling class, yeah. in a no-gi class. Like that's where, you know, the high-level students and the fundamental students could really learn something from me and, and what I have to give. I'm not yeah. going to try and walk in there and spar every professional athlete because I'm going to have zero percent of my cognitive capacity left and that's the fullest extent of what i have to give in an mma setting yeah. is my analysis and what i see from the outside yeah, of the yeah. cage so that's sort of the way that i see it as well yeah. yeah that leading by example like i respect that hugely and that's i think it was a few weeks ago you came in you do every round when we wrestle and i was like shit man but that's gonna take it out of you but you know what next week i'm coming in i'm doing every round mm. so that was last week i came in and i got through every round like i was dead and i was getting pinned in positions or from people that I wouldn't normally get pinned but it was getting through and that was I only did that or managed to do that because you did it and mm. it was like yeah let's push let's see let's go yeah and yeah that I respect that leading by example well we we thing. saw each other on the mats I think it was like the second last one <laughs> yeah. and then we <laughs> so we just have this knockdown drag out bullshit scramble <laughs> yeah. and then oh we have to do another round now. okay great oh. I remember being on my knees just at the end of wrestling last time like tuesday wrestling and uh there was time for one more round and i was like doing i mean i'm in the position where i could be like oh no that's it you know yeah. circle up let's finish up class i'm my mind was doing mental gymnastics to get <laughs> get myself and everyone else out of doing that last round because i was dead but we got up and yeah. we did it and sometimes that's what it takes i don't i don't push that on every single class archetype but wrestling is certainly the place to find that mentality yeah. to find that consistency internal drive willingness to scramble willingness to keep putting forward useful constructive and chained techniques yeah under serious duress and serious fatigue because guess what man 80 percent of the time you're wrestling you're tired yeah and uh, especially in an mma bout where there's more consequence and connotation to any given scramble like you have to have that familiarity with being absolutely yeah. wiped out and having to wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. You can't wrestle. wrestle in comfort zone. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Man, I was actually, that actually re reminds me about your fight as well. Because you, you uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but this was my summation. You hit the wall like a minute in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a minute into the first round, you were outside your physical and, and mental comfort zone because, like, you just get white heat in yeah. your lungs. All of you, your muscles start seizing up. It's like, it's either blackout or whiteout. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, like, you're either landing punches and you're like, this is great, or getting hit and you're like, this is terrible. Yeah, you know no, I mean? we, we hit, we went into a grapple real early. And so it was just like using so much strength because mm. I didn't want him to get on top. And we're both like just going 100% and yeah. then it's like we kind of got out of the scramble and it was like shit <laughs> I'm done <laughs> like, wow but you're back on the stool and I'm, I remember saying to you like this is normal yeah we expected to go through this you've got two three minute rounds to go you've got to play the game land your cross and you've got to hit your late round strategy entries pull the trigger on your shot and make sure that you're landing more than he is. Yeah. I kept it very simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you went out and did that, you know what I mean? But the, the thing is, like, that's a, a simple idea. But the application of that, it, it has to also take into account that you've got another guy who's fighting you with everything that yeah. they have. Everything he was tough, that they man. Have. Yeah, he was very tough. 
That fight was so good they made a t-shirt out of it. Yeah, we got a t-shirt. <laughs> Shout out, I got some spare ones if anyone listening wants one. <laughs> yeah, I've got one, it doesn't fit me anymore. No, I'm it's too awesome. Oh yeah, and I remember your dad at that fight as well. Yeah, I had man. not met your father at that point in nah. time. He is a sweet man. Yeah, he's a classic man. That dude is um, like, I think anyone could learn a lot from him. He grew up in Africa, Tanzania mm-hmm. in the east of Africa. And um, his life, like, he's moved over here, lost a lot of family, like, siblings at a young age. When I say young, I mean, like, you know, 30s to 40s and that, which is pretty young, which is common over there. Um, But he's moved over here, and he lives a very simple life Mm. and appreciates all the little things and sends a majority of his money back home. He's got a couple kids back home from before he moved here, and he supports them and, like, builds houses and things back home so he's pretty much sacrificed everything he knew mm. and his family and everything to provide for people back home and he's made another life here that he's happy about but you know he works he hasn't taken a day off in like years he's got like six months or more of annual leave and just like works every day so barely spends his money like loves his stout he drinks too much but i tell him <laughs> off but you know he's just got if he's got stout in his fridge food in his cupboard like and his health and his family's happy. Like, he's happy. He doesn't need any more. Yeah, I honestly could feel that from yeah. him when I met him. And you could see how much it meant to him yeah. to have you in there as well, to have you following a passion and doing something you yeah. really love. And I remember it because uh, he saw me outside. I went to get something from my car. Yeah. And I was coming back and he saw me outside. And he said to me... <laughs> if you could understand it. But, him. like, yeah, I mean, this is... A bit, okay, so he, there's a level of broken English. Yeah, right? yeah. But I also surmised the feeling and the intent of the words that he was saying. Like, he said to me something like, how is this going to be? It was something like along those lines. But really the feeling and the intent behind those words is, is he going to be okay? Yeah. And I said to him, he's going to be amazing. And then he was okay after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, He loved it. His his energy is like something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... I've never met anyone like to be as happy all the time. It's just always You need to happy. have him at every fight and you need to have him walk out with you as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, next one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he's such a I mean, you've already spoken about how much of a powerful influence he has um with on you and the people around you and your family and what it means to him. Let's let's get him in in your corner yeah, and right we'll behind you. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Word, let's do it. So your family you've got a pretty strong family unit, man. I I'm just before the podcast happened, I had one of your aunties adding me on Facebook. Oh, no way. Trying to Jesus. tell me, trying to ask me how to share your post. Uh, Marika? <laughs> yeah, Rick, yeah, yeah. Marika, yeah. Shout outs. Shout oh outs to Marika. How, how do I share PJ's post? Uh, I wanted everyone to hear. I'm like, I, it should have a share button oh. on there. I'm so sorry I couldn't help any further, but hopefully everyone who's meant to be listening to this is listening to this oh and we can share God. it as much as we possibly I'll hit them can. Up. Yeah. But it's very endearing to see, you know, a strong family support network yeah. and, and, and love in general yeah, yeah, I was from a family in that perspective. Sense, for sure. Yeah. I came up like, my parents did split up when I was young. Um, so my relationship with my dad probably developed more so in adulthood. Mm-hmm. It wasn't huge in my younger years. Um, but with my mum, I grew up with my mum and my two sisters and between us, like, we're super close. Um, my sisters are a bit older. They've got kids and stuff, and they're, like, the light of my world now. Um, but, yeah, my mum's side, that's my auntie that would have added you. They're, like, no shame, 
real passionate, crazy, outspoken. <laughs> like, yeah. And what's their background? It's, they're Dutch. Yeah, they're, I they thought were it was born here, Dutch, but yeah. their parents are Dutch. So, yeah, Dutch are crazy. They're a different breed, man. <laughs> they're notoriously crazy. Yeah, especially, yeah. or even Legit. within that, you know, that European block of countries. Oh, yeah. They're notoriously crazy. Yeah. Like, and even out no of Sweden joke. and That's Norway. No joke, like, <laughs> I can't believe she added you. I'm sitting here. I like, could, I could see you oh like staring God. off into the distance, <laughs> thinking about how crazy they actually are. Oh, no, it's, it's out of love, man. I should, I could have. They'll come, but they'll comment on like I put things up, or I get tagged and things, and they comment the most ridiculous shit, <laughs> or like. I'll have someone like a photo of a photo shoot come up and it's like a topless photo. One of my aunties would be like, oh, hot stuff. Like, do you say that about me? <laughs> like, that's just not cool, man. What are you doing? And yeah. yeah, they say, oh, they're just ridiculous. So my mum listens to the podcast. Yeah. Shout out Nick's mum. How are you? <laughs> and I always get really anxious when <laughs> she tells me about things that she's heard on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you listen to everything I said? <laughs> because uh, I hope you didn't. But I was like, oh, so PJ's gonna be on the podcast and i don't expect her to know who you are yeah like she doesn't know every single one of my friends or every single person who comes to trinity or anything like that like she yeah. had to ask me who avery was and like a few people who have been on the podcast she, she asked me who they were but she was very happy to learn about them and very happy to you know to the, hear the the conversation but she knew who you were <laughs> she knew who you uh, were social media is a hell of a thing <laughs> <laughs> social media is uh, scary thing, man. I, I mean, I guess for you, it's sort of like a necessary evil. I guess it depends how you look at it as yeah. well. I, I see it in a certain way. Like it has its good points and it has its bad points. Obviously sharing and spreading good things into the community. It does have the capacity to do that, you know, connecting people that maybe may not have connected before, but I think it's also via platform. Like Facebook has its down yeah. downfall because yeah. it creates sort of echo chambers of people's opinions and then yeah. like people want to live and die in the comment section and things like that. Instagram can create like a sort of a, a false-ish sense of what is... Not 100%. You know, what is actually good looking or bad looking yeah. or what you should be doing or what your life should be looking at. Twitter is basically a non-stop rage war. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, it's I'm just, not on Twitter yet. Reddit is sort of like... Uh, his uh, his my long form opinion about life and everything and his, I mean maybe Reddit is like sharing a level of information in a more free format. I guess you could, I guess with any of those platforms you can pick and choose, right? But yeah. I think the scariest thing is Google. Yeah, hard. Yeah, have you seen Social Dilemma? Yeah, I watched it just the other night. The thing Crazy. that stood out to me the most about that entire documentary, I mean, we all know. There's, there's nothing that was in that documentary that we don't already know. Yeah. But we still subscribe to every one of those archetypes. Yeah. Every one of those platforms was yeah. still on there. I think the thing that surprised me was when they went down the track of, okay, so that we're collecting and sharing your data. Everyone knows that. Yeah. You're still on these platforms but you don't know why, why they're doing it. So what are they actually doing with that information? Mm, what they're doing is they're creating an ongoing profile of you and your being. To feed you stuff, to keep you hooked. But it's like they want to create the best algorithm to predict your behavior. Yeah. Prediction is like yeah. whoever's got the best prediction algorithm is winning 
the social media war. Yeah. Like, or the, you know, the, the online platform. Yeah, war. yeah. And to me, that was the most stark and standout piece of information yeah. out of all of that, that prediction effect. Like, because we can guide you into yeah. areas that you didn't know we were guiding become, you into. They come become predictable in your thought process. Mm. Have you seen... Um, Oh, what's it called? It's a Netflix series. Um, Westworld? Yeah. It remind, oh, man. It reminded me of the kind of like, you know how they the first season is kind of just about Westworld and then second season goes into like why they're doing it. It's yeah. actually to create these profiles about, you know, high um, people that can afford it, like for the elite mm. to be able to live forever to yeah. get their thought process. And essentially that's what it reminded me of. Like yeah. they're making... Predictably, they could clone us, essentially, our thought process if they have enough information. Yeah, like, we're, I guess one of the theories that was really prevailing even not too long ago was the theory of the singularity, you know, the coming together of the human mind and the machine mind. Yeah. So if we can create a processing unit within a computer or whatever it may be... Oh, yeah. See? We're being listened to. People don't want to, people, they don't want us talking about this stuff. No, if they can create a processing unit that is equal to the power of the human mind, then we can essentially upload our mind and our consciousness yeah. into a machine and therefore become immortal, therefore creating the singularity of man and yeah. machine. Like, that's been a relatively prevailing idea for a while. But what does that look like functionally? Is that what social media is? Is well, that what Google is? It seems Google to is? be like the, the start because that's what they're doing. They're creating this profile of us in their system, this algorithm that thinks like us, if they have that and they can predict it, they know what we're going to think or what's going to draw us before we even know it, mm. then essentially that, oh, I don't know, it's but crazy. But is it, is it doctored or polluted information simply because they are, in fact, guiding us into areas? Yeah, well, it becomes polluted, for yeah. sure. So their data field wouldn't be as pure as it needs to be to create a total idea of what a human is, Yeah. right? So they're not just uploading an unbiased consciousness. They're uploading a doctored consciousness. Yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting idea. I think that's probably why, uh, you know, everyone talks about psilocybin and lsd and everything like <laughs> that could save humanity yeah. because it's gonna it's gonna make you think so far outside of your regular thought bubble that, that it breaks you from that yeah it breaks the system it breaks the algorithm <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing stuff man but um yeah getting away from conspiracies because i i don't have oh, lee. lee's not listening. yeah lee, lee jenkins isn't on the show right now so we have real no no real authority to be speaking about yeah. anything and i love the fact that i can't use google right now to fact check anything that i'm saying oh that yeah that and got it just me. it just allows me to talk shit as much <laughs> as i possibly can like yeah i'm probably wrong about 60 to 70 probably you know 80 percent of everything that i've said yeah. on this podcast but just let me be wrong <laughs> just let me be wrong for 15 minutes so we can Take have it. a conversation you know what i mean yeah. and you can check what i said after yeah i was probably wrong <laughs> but just let me be wrong in the moment when we can be wrong together you know Why what not? i mean otherwise like what are we doing you know stuff google well, what they don't even give you the necessarily correct information they give you what is related to your area or what's yeah, going on that's so right that was is the google other thing even, right is google is the fact checking <laughs> even legit now they've yeah. completely ruined their legitimacy and that's the other so, thing i know what you're talking about so if you if say you typed in uh best pizza in the world yeah right you typed it in on your phone on your google 
it's going to give you the answers that it thinks is correct for you based on all the data that it's stored for you. If I type it in from my device, from my data field, it's going to come up with completely different answers. So you think that Google is giving you the answer. It's not. It's giving you your your answer. So essentially fact fact checking is no longer legitimate on Google. So I can say anything. Pretty much. (laughs) Sky's looking purple as shit today, man. Green and purple. (laughs) Green and purple. What is this naming convention of colors anyway? Grass is red. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's funny stuff, but hopefully I'm out of the picture before they can upload my consciousness yeah, no, to a I machine <laughs> before neural link comes out, you know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me something to make me live forever. But as long as it's within my like human anatomy and my, this current biology, I don't want another. Yeah. I don't want to be in a different. It could easily come to a point where biology is considered like, nostalgic <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> you right. know what I mean oh they're having like a talkie conversation that's not that? no, that. that's cool we should do that one day yeah. do you remember getting sore when you used to like train and stuff man I... <laughs> yeah yeah no that but that's okay we joke about it but yeah hopefully Google isn't listening and getting ideas because mm. well it, it definitely I painted it <laughs> pay me <laughs> pay me you gotta now. pay me to yeah, use that yeah I'm sure I'm the first person on the planet who's <laughs> who's come up with this idea. Yeah. No, that's funny stuff, man. But uh, yeah, moving on from all of the crazy conspiracies, one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, yeah. and it's something that I ask a lot of people, is there anyone, you know, whether it's internationally or locally that inspires you as a martial artist or in any field that inspires you as well? Because I know that we all draw inspiration from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm I'm inspired by lots of different people. Just off the top of my head, like yeah, I don't know. I guess my inspiration changes as well. Yeah, there's different people I look at at a certain time, and um, they I draw inspiration from them or what they're doing. But I saw this speech by Matthew McConaughey um, when he won an award, and he said something that really resonated with me. That was he draws information from his future self, the person that, I'm not going to do it justice, but um, (laughs) all in all, he was saying like his future self, the person that he wants to be in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, the father he wants to be, the friend he wants to be, Mm. the professional he wants to be in his acting or whatever it may be, how does he need to get to where he wants to be? Mm. And that's where he draws his inspiration from, the person, the potential that he could be. So I kind of, I go into things and I think about where I want to take things or what I want to do. And I let, I let my end goal, every little baby step that you take in improvement or in your journey to an end, to a goal is where I draw my inspiration from. Mm. It's kind of like every little step in that direction is getting me close to that goal. Um, because that's right. I kind of, that's why I try and push harder. That's why I delve into so many things because I want to just reach these these goals or reach these places in the future and that's where I kind of draw information from I think it's all internal and I have the potential to reach these places so I just look internally and I'm like I can do it I have what it takes I don't need to draw on external sources Mm. it's I've already got everything I need I may not be as good as I need to be yet but I have 
all the tools to become as good as I need to be. Yeah, and you have you have a good formula. You have a good formulaic system of how to actually bring that into existence. Yeah. You know, so here's my internal drive. Here's the person I want to be. I draw inspiration from that idea. And now I understand through work ethic yeah. that that's how I'm going to bring it about. So that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good answer, pretty good insight to the inner workings of uh, yeah. Pocoho John. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a fantastic answer, man. What about in the realm of MMA specifically? In MMA specifically, um, I look at guys. I love Robbie Whitaker. Yeah. I love his um, mentality. He just likes to fight, man. He's just mm. there, and he's humble. I really like the humility. Um, like I. I love Adesanya's skill set, and that dude is unbelievable to watch. But he's he just talks so much, and it's kind of like that kills it a little bit for me. Mm. He's like Conor McGregor, you see. He was on top, and he drew the crowds, he drew the fans, and he talked, and everyone was like, hate him or love him, whatever. He's backing up what he's saying, but then he didn't. Then he got his yeah. ass beat, and it's kind of like a hard fall from grace. You set yourself up for a very hard fall yeah. when you're not humble because yeah. people are waiting for you to fail. Exactly. And, and that's, a, that's a rough situation to be in, yeah. I think. Knowing, going out there, knowing that eyes on you want you to fail. Yeah. I mean, he, I don't think he would care at all. But I guess I, I really respect people that go into it with a more humble mindset. Like, lots of the guys on um, one championship and their whole like idea behind it and is a lot more hum humble and yeah well i can tell you right now from from experience and you know, that's their mandate yeah they sit you down and they tell you about that like yeah. when when we were in that hotel lobby in jakarta with myself and tony caruso the organizers of the event and every single fighter from the bottom of the card to the top of the card we're talking you know first fights for the organization to championship bouts of that evening mm -hmm. They are all told specifically, Conor McGregor probably wouldn't be welcome here. Yeah. Based on the way that he carries and holds himself as a martial artist. Yeah. You could be the most skilled person in this room, but if you're not a skilled and humble person, in terms of your personality, your yeah. humility, your, if you don't resonate with us as a company, if what you're putting out there on social media is uh, viewed as negative or detrimental, against yourself, a culture, a race, an idea, anything like that. We don't want you here because yeah. we want humble, respectful martial artists. Like imagine GSP in, in 1FC. Yeah. You know, and that's why Demetrius Johnson's there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like those are the types of guys that they want. And allowing those types of mentalities and personalities a platform to persevere so that they can actually really push yeah. that mandate and push that yeah. idea. That's important. And making it clear that yeah. that's what they're all about, that's also important. Yeah, too. I think being, they're in such a position of influence um, on like younger people as well. And it's just like, as much as you want to look up to like someone that's a badass and that, kids and like, you can't be walking around acting like that. Yeah. So it's these people who think it's, all it becomes suddenly becomes cool to be like, screw everyone, like, I do what I want, I can get away with anything. It's just the wrong mentality going forward. And I guess that's probably a mindset shift that changed when my sisters had kids. And yeah. my, like my nephew's now 10. Um, my niece just had her birthday, she's 10. I've got another niece who's, I think, seven. Oh shit, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> um, you look but, seven, all right? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like I think about the influence I want to leave to them and that, and, you know, I want. You don't want them to be walking around like mm. dickheads. You want them to 
draw from people who are different or who show that humility. I right? agree, man. Look, I used to rock up to school every day as a kid and I was either Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock. I was one of those <laughs> two. And if I was having a bad day, I was Triple H. <laughs> I was 50 Cent, bro. <laughs> Head, headphones in, man, like pants sagging. And I was like, I was the most ghetto kid, at least in my head. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm real. I'm from the streets, bro. I grew up in Sterling, man, in the hills. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. posh in Sterling. I used to be on the bus thinking I was, like, the ghetto kid, man. Yeah, was... man, I'm from Campbelltown. <laughs> didn't you know that I was also 13 years old and African-American? Like, <laughs> didn't you know that about me? No, news to me. I'll yeah, check it on, I grew check into, it on Google. Yeah, 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 check it on Google. <laughs> I grew into my white skin later on, yeah, you know. Fair. I was actually 13 and black, so yeah, people fair. don't know that about me. <laughs> we got, me. like, year seven... <laughs> You know, grade seven, grade eight, we got hit with like Eminem, Dre, Snoop Dogg, like the whole Up in Smoke tour. Oh man, came badass, through. Bro. That's the coolest like, shit. That came through when we were twelve. Yeah, that's bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and for all the talk about how it didn't affect you, oh, it doesn't really affect you. It wouldn't really change how you think. It one hundred percent does when you're listening to. When you're listening to Slim Shady LP, you're listening to Up and Smoke Tour, and those are the lyrics that you're listening to over and over and over yeah. again and learning them. And But, like, come on, man. Yeah. It definitely affects you. Then you're watching pro wrestling, and you're playing and shoot 'em ups and shit. I mean, yeah. How old do I sound right now? <laughs> but the thing is, I get, at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because I'm a product of that environment. I'm a product of that upbringing yeah. that had all of those influences. But I feel like I've been able to take it on board and dispel it to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah. So I guess the other side of that, what people would say is it comes down to the individual, right? Yeah. Like you can be any type of person you want to be with the power of a planning and preparation, some forethought, some hindsight, you can mold yourself into what you want to be. You can yeah, take a sure. negative experience and learn from it, sure. but you also have to have ingrained within you the understanding that change is also important. Because if I stayed black <laughs> if you stayed and black. I had white skin, people would probably be looking at me going, well, that's a level of cultural appropriation that I'm not comfortable <laughs> with currently. And uh, you seem like a deluded individual. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But I think it takes confidence to be yourself. And it takes confidence to break the shackles of what everyone else yeah, is doing. Because sure. everyone's very tribal, right? Everyone feels comfort in the idea that they share an opinion or they're part of a group, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's not really what they think. It doesn't yeah, really yeah. resonate with them. They don't really think that way. They just think that way because all of their friends think that way, yeah. supposedly. And then they just want to go on. with it. Yeah. But it takes it t it's a harder road and it takes confidence to break those shackles. But it, it bears more fruits down the yeah. line because then you get to be a unique and individual thinker who people might gravitate towards. Well, then you, then you connect with people who think the same or whatever. You yeah. end up, as soon as you step out, of what the people around you are doing, you do what you want to do. Then the other people that resonate with that go, oh shit, I actually have the same thoughts. And then you kind of, rather than having a bunch of people who you don't really connect with, you start yeah. making real connections. Might be lesser people, but it's all more genuine. It's real. I think also based on emotion though, people go in and out of having the ability to change their opinion. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like based on how much it means to them, yeah. based on how much information they have, maybe it could be about a certain person. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But, you know, I think the ability to change your opinion based on intaking information is a crucial life skill. Yeah. Because you can go into any situation with, you know, a level of pre-thought and you could be 100% wrong. Yeah. And just letting yourself be 100%. I am 100%. most of the time 100%. Hey, if you're wrong. like wrong... <laughs> And then you learn something, and then you write. 
have you improved? That's a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely a win, man. Uh, no, that's good. It's good to hear that those are your influences. And I've, I've learned a lot about you as a person. And I wanted to ask things about, you know, where does this work ethic come from? Where does this drive come from? You know, first highlight, yes, that it does exist. But how does it develop and where does it come from? And you've answered those questions really yeah. well, man. I feel like anyone that listens to this, you know, and um, wanted to learn a little bit more about PJ and not just what they see on Instagram yeah. or what they see in the cage as well. Because yeah, yeah. they, they're either seeing you working, essentially, yeah. which is which is your social media. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these are all, you know, really professional modeling shots, really well done shots. You, you know, as a good looking character, or they're going to see you in the realm of fighting, yeah. you know, in your most hyper intense competitive moments. And they might not get the best formula of it, who you actually are. It doesn't are. make sense on paper. It doesn't make sense. But, but, who did, but, but people could surmise that you might be, like arrogant or superficial like yeah. oh this fighter guy who models are you sure <laughs> oh yeah cool yeah no worries bro yeah, you're just top shit you know what i mean but they're wrong yeah they're wrong like i know you as the the work ethic guy yeah. and i hope that people who have listened to this sort of understand that perspective a lot yeah, more as appreciate well it. yeah it's something i didn't touch on i think as well the work ethic is comes from my my circle as well like i'm I've got friends who are really driven people in whatever they're doing, different fields to me, but it's just being surrounded by that and like having chats with someone when you're tired, but then you go, you know, you have lunch with someone and they're talking about their aspirations, chasing their dreams. It really makes you want to chase your yeah. dreams. So quick little plug to Bet With Joel. Oh my, yeah, Bet With Joel. One of my keeping people and, up, keeping yeah, people afloat. Killing it, man. And I got my other friends like Filtered or Jay at JS Form if you ever need concrete or formwork. It's a couple plugs there. Isn't, like, there, those guys isn't all... there a place called Built? Built as well, <laughs> man. Shout outs to Tom Moore. Dude's a weapon if you want to um, do some strength and conditioning. And I guess we got to put in uh, form Pilates and bar. Ooh. Bit of Pilates, man. There you go. Yeah, not too bad, man. Hey, look, it takes a community. It takes yeah. a community of people to build a champion. And we got one in the making. Yeah. Let's we go. got one in the making right let's here. Go. So, moving forward, yes, um, we may be seeing a little more of you in the near future. Yeah, yeah. I know that a lot of uh, parts of the Apex Sports Festival haven't been announced yet, but there's certainly going to be a Diamondback MMA section of that yeah. event uh, that I'm happy to say that you are involved in. The matchup yeah. hasn't been announced yet, so we won't came, came. go too far into it, but from what I can say right now, I mean, we're in fight camp, we're prepping for better or for worse, you know, however the event turns out, we know it's going to be outside and all that yeah. kind of stuff. We understand those variables. It's taken into account and we're pushing forward. You're working incredibly smart. You're working incredibly hard and what the guys are coming up with now in fight camp uh, versus the technical increases outside of fight camp is something on that's on a new level. And the level of cohesiveness within the academy and people working together the leadership roles of Ant Bino Jay yeah, Chenow yeah. and Tim Rogers they're all stepping up and shining through uh, and the development group who's been tirelessly you know working yeah. away they're all stepping up to yeah. be you know those designated sparring and drilling partners we're yeah. getting really specific 
with the ideas that we're putting behind each athlete who is going to be competing and uh, you're reaping the benefits of that. But the only way that you actually do reap the benefits of that is if you give 100% to every session and that's exactly what yeah. you're doing. Putting in work. Everyone's putting in work. It's it's amazing to be a part of really. Yeah. And you feed off the energy of everyone else, you know, like mm. when everyone's turning up every session, you don't want to be the guy that doesn't show up. No, that's You don't right. want to be the guy going half fast. Yeah. So it's like, I've, yeah. I've put a lot of personal effort into this one as yeah. well. Like the way that the fight camp is coming together, the programming and the class content, you know, I always do. I always pre-plan things, uh, you know, a month to two months in, in advance in whatever stream of content I'm working on, whatever yeah. it's wrestling or no gi, fundamental MMA, advanced MMA, but this fight camp as well, I've had the luxury of time, you know, yeah. we've come into this fight camp after having a level of time outside of fight camp. So that's afforded me the luxury to really put it together yeah, uh, yeah. with a little bit more time as opposed to in the past where it's just been rolling yeah, one fight camp, another. fight camp, fight camp. So, you know, I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very intent on making sure that all of this gets done correctly and the yeah. right way. And then everyone gets the best opportunity possible to have a positive experience yeah. come fight night. Yeah. yeah. No, I look forward to it. It's, it's amazing to be a part of, like I said, and it all it, you can see the hard work you've put in because it's all coming together and everyone's upskilling like yeah. crazy. Yeah, I love it, man. All right, we're at our five-minute warning, man, and now's the time to do the thank yous. Is there anyone you'd like to thank other than you know, the people you already mentioned? Yeah, I already like gave a few plugs. I should have saved it for now. <laughs> um, look, I'll shout out to Brando, the Balkan Bear. Mm just because he'll get upset if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are like super good friends as well, man. Like you should see the way that you look at each other in the gym. It's just absolute. I mean, you're looking at him differently to the way that he looks at you. That's certainly, <laughs> that's a given. But uh, no, you guys are obviously yeah, really good too. friends and get along. And I'm sure that you draw a lot of inspiration from each other. And look, at the end of the day, man, like there was a time period there where Everyone we put in front of Brando kept falling down. Yeah. And you were one of his major training partners. And I know that he really values the fact that you had to man up and step in there to yeah. to spar with him and to help him every single time. I'm sure he understands what that actually means and, and what that took for you to do that. Yes, you get benefits from it. But without you standing there, he doesn't get any benefits at yeah, all. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I, lo I love seeing you guys work together. Oh, he's amazing. Thanks, love, Brando. You're too. awesome. Thanks, Brando. And Timmy Rogers. Tim's always, um, ever since the beginning, he's been always in my corner mm -hmm. and always putting time in um, with my development and pulling me aside with a few, like, skill things and always push me, inspiring and that. So thanks to Timmy. Jake as well. Jake Chenoweth. He's always been there. Um, when the gym was shut, I was doing privates with Jake at his place. And his, he's just, like, an absolute bank of knowledge yeah 100 he knows so much like and bino i gotta say bino too he was putting in wrestling um coming down and putting his own time into wrestling mm. and we were doing that with myself and ryan cooper and chris vadinas and they were hard sessions it yeah. was just the four of us you came to a few mm. few sessions and yeah that was like thanks to all those guys um there I couldn't do it without any of them. So thank awesome, you. Awesome, man. Them, hey, and thank you. I, something I always say is... And you. Thank you. Oh, me? Oh, Sorry. you know, I'm all right. Most of all. Thank Sorry. you. No, 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 no. You don't have to thank me. You're already, <laughs> you're already agreed to be here and do this. That's, that's thanks enough. And look, the thanks that you give me and the respect that you show me is walking into the academy every day and giving 100%. That's it. That's all I need. I don't need a social media shout out. I don't even need to be in your corner. If you are there every single day and rocking up for me, I am very, very happy 
to promote you until till the cows come home. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you deserve it. You guys, you guys are the ones that deserve it. So I'm very, very happy that you walked into Trinity MMA and, and chose to stay. And now we're all progressing positively together. And I hope that everyone who listened to this got to learn a little bit more about the PJ Van Guy and that I know. Thank you. Awesome. And there's one thing I've always wanted to do this on the radio or something. Brrrah! Last minute. One minute to go. And listen to him ruin it. Just absolutely ruin his public image in the final minute of the podcast. Fantastic job, man. All right, guys. Thank thank you. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned. We'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel for all the bat fans out there.